0: You're listening to Plans We Make. I'm Ryan Lott, founder, composer, and singer for Sunlux. And this is our first of three episodes discussing the theme of reinvention with some of our favorite artists, friends, and collaborators. Today, I'll be talking with my longtime friend, Roberto Lang, better known by his stage name, Elado Negro. Roberto is a gifted producer and songwriter, an incredibly unique musician in my mind. He's just released his latest record under the moniker El Lado Negro. It is called Far In. I encourage everyone to check it out, of course. For him, it comes on the heels of a lot of life change, and that's one of the reasons why I thought it would be a really good time to catch up with him and talk to him about reinvention. So we caught up recently, and this is what we discussed. So, Roberto, here we are. Man. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, or me, or whatever this is. Um, <laughs> it's, been, uh, it's been a really long time since we've seen each other in person.
1: Yeah, I was trying to remember that earlier today, and I'm not really sure when that was. I don't know if it was like one of the many times we've played shows together or um, or not. Was it in Brooklyn, like in Crown Heights randomly sometime? Maybe, maybe. I mean, we lived right down the street from each other.
0: Yeah. 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 I feel like I would see you occasionally.
1: Yeah. But you're a busy um, man. You're, you're, you're always, you're always somewhere. I, it, it was always crazy to know where you were because I was like, Oh yeah, you live in Crown Heights. And you're like, yeah, but I'm actually in LA right now. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then you're like, Oh no, I just, I, I live in Flatbush now. I'm like, Oh, that's great. And you're like, actually I'm in LA and I'm like, Oh, that's great. And then I'm like, actually I'm in Indianapolis. Well, now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm in Indianapolis.
1: Yeah. But man, uh, you're in Asheville and I'm in Nashville now so yeah and it's it's nice it's really nice it's different it's um it's calm yes
0: speaking of reinvention which is you know the official theme of this conversation as part of this podcast we pick out a theme and we each do an interview that where we loosely have have a theme for each conversation so our official conversation theme is Reinvention, but it really doesn't matter what we talk about, (laughs) but I actually think it's perfect for, for us. Um, and for you, especially, I think at this moment, definitely seems like,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm fresh in it. I'm fresh in like the, um, I just jumped in the water of reinvention. I'm wet. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh it's it's
0: um <laughs> i'll have i'll have chris our producer like throw a bunch of reverb
1: on that word like right is it <laughs> i'm 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 in the deep end right now but um it's cool it's it it's you know living in i lived in new york for 15 years previous to that i was in atlanta and i hadn't made a big move since then yeah meaning moving from atlanta to new york and then now moving from to ashville I, I didn't know what it took to make a big move like that. To be honest, I thought it was going to be pretty easy. And, and it was like emotionally and like physically, I mean, the physically exhausting thing was what I was anticipating, but the, the emotional, like um, strangeness of the, because time, of
0: the disconnect, because yeah. of the disconnect from New York in particular, or the disconnect from something just when I left New York, it felt like you can't lose New York. Cause New York goes, it goes on its way without you. Like New York doesn't, Care about you at all, and that's kind of like its strength. Um, the even the people that are there are like like we were just saying, not really always there or not often there, and so even the sense of community wasn't really about the location so much that they live so much as their connection to New York. Um, I felt like I could leave New York without too much, you know, I wasn't too it wasn't too romantic. Um, to, to move to LA because in, in a sad way, because I felt like New York was always going to be, be there, you know, Mm -hmm. do you
1: feel that way? Absolutely. I think in some form, I'm not, I thought about it a lot. I thought about it in the sense that there was a lot that we had experienced there and there was time. uh, I felt like I was in a different part of my life now where I don't necessarily have any um, attachments to like feeling like I'm going to miss something in New York right now. Like I, mm. I feel like it's a good time to leave and and not so much about going back to old things there, but going back there to maybe to just experience it like with, with fresh eyes, but, but just kind of like still detaching myself from it, you know? So I'm not, I'm not, mm. I, I know it's going to be different. I know New York, New York will always be there, but I, I think it'll be different every time I, I, someone else's someone else's new york kind of definitely and and i think that yeah. i think i realized that um a few years ago from being on the road so much and i was like wow i'm barely in new york at this point i'm like mm. when i'm here i'm just like seeing people like very infrequently and then and then if that like just kind of like doing nothing you know like not really yeah anything and um that was a big realization that I was like, well, I'm not even living in New York. and um, Right. Right. Kind of just like... You're
0: paying rent. You're definitely paying rent in New York, but you're not really living in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So the, Yeah, th- that's the rub. I think that's what I've been thinking about a lot. And even with this move, it, it made sense for us to kind of just like find a new way to live. And we, we just needed it too. We, had, we, we were ready for this this new chapter and a new experience and the world and the earth is beautiful everywhere and we mm. were living in marfa for 7 months last year and that really um gave us the ability to experience the thing that we always fantasized about or talked about meaning like oh what well, would it be like you know in some like random town you know in the middle of nowhere
0: 100% 100% in fact i was uh catching up um on that um Pitchfork, pitchfork profile of you, um, and, and learned about that Marfa story. Um, you, you went for a residency, um, you and your partner had gone to Marfa, it was supposed to be for three week residency, right. Or something like that week
1: thing. Yeah.
0: Two week residency. <laughs> and basically you got stuck there and you lived there for seven months and how, uh, it sounds like in some ways it was dismantling, um, for, for, maybe I read into it too much, but it felt like it was kind of like, you know, in, in, in the way there was for a lot of us, just like everything sort of was stripped away. And then um, it it maybe was a catalyst for, you know, for considering a, a more permanent move um, ultimately to, to Asheville. Does that yeah, remotely, right? For sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think and, for us, it was like experiencing that. For anyone, like everyone talks about it, but until you, it's like living in New York. You're not going to know what it's like until you live there. And so that...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I, I actually, in reading that, I, I realized that we have, um, more things in common than I, than I realized. Um, uh, Jen and I have a similar story where we actually came to Indianapolis, um, to, during her, um, spring break, she's a teacher, um, at USC and she, um, we came to be with, um, a family member who was in his last moments, um, of life, not COVID, but, ca- uh, but cancer. And, um, we just didn't get back on the plane. Wow. And that was March. Uh, that was, it was March 14th. I remember cause it was the day before the Ides of March, um, March 14th of 2020. And, uh, here I am. I'm still here, you know, and it's October 1st, 2021. Damn. <laughs> yeah so and we had a similar similar situation where it was like everything was stripped away like i got on the plane with my pelican case my trash can mac and like my 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 drives um and like like three shirts right um you know stuffed in to like keep it like from <laughs> jumbling around and um kind of like how you described where you know in that profile it talks about how you were you, you just had this like kitchenette or something in your hotel room or whatever and um, or your little apartment. And, uh, it was like that with us, like suddenly we were living with her parents, you know, and we just had like our little corner with our kid. Like we, in, you know, um, it was totally surreal and we were just kind of stuck there. And, you know, I don't know if, uh, if it's like, it's, it's kind of an overplayed sentiment, but, but man, talk about imposed, uh, restructuring life restructuring. You know, I, I share a similar feeling to you, which is that like Kind of always wondered, oh, what would it be like to live near family? You know, we've never lived near family, and like you, like you know, recently celebrated twenty years with my with my partner, and yeah, it's just like we never we never had that. Now I don't know if we're going to stay in Indianapolis. Um, I don't know how permanent this is, but it's uh, at least semi permanent for now. And um, and actually, it's been it's been really wonderful.
1: That's awesome. See, that's great to hear. And I think that's like it's not that something more that the people need to hear of more, but I think it's like. The permission to to know it's okay to be um who you want to be in whatever city you're living in and i think there's as much as like new york it gave me um it it also like it took equal parts <laughs> you know it's like mm, it's not mm. it's not just it, it's not just giving it's like it, it took a lot away and so i think
0: yeah yeah
1: the, that's the, a good point the growth is it, it's it's not vertical <laughs> And, um, uh, mm. and, mm. um, and I think what, <laughs> like what you said about feeling good there, that's like what we felt when we were in Marfa, we were like, wow, we're in this like truly tragic situation in terms of like the world and the globe. And, but we're like really lucky to be in this place that's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Isolated by design. Yeah. And we were just able to just like walk outside every day. Yeah. Around. I
0: mean, honestly, that's, yeah, that's why we left LA. I mean, why we didn't get back on the plane. It was like, well, you know, we got a little toddler and we can't even like go outside and, you know, it's LA. So we live in a small house. Um, I don't think we, this is survivable for us. Um, and I mean, that was our dream was like, how can we make it? So he doesn't know that the world is falling apart. Right. Um, you know, it doesn't even have a, doesn't even catch a whiff of it you know um and yeah so we were we were so fortunate not everyone was but it was kind of like that with you and marfa maybe which is that it took this like situational isolation which you sort of in many ways had to luck into
1: yeah Um,
0: i real yeah i realized in context so many lives like you know that's we're the fortunate ones in that in that way you know
1: no and we had to be really sensitive to to the amount of folks that we knew back in new york where it was like folks were just, you know, stuck in their apartments. And it was,
0: yeah. Like Raf- Rafiq, man, would he was like, he would just talk about how like, it was just so haunting for so long. Like all you'd hear is just sirens, you know? Yeah. None of the, none of the, none of the life sounds all the all of the death sounds, you know, it's really, really so intense.
1: Yeah, um, and it was hard to kind of like, it was weird because we were like, fuck, we're like, actually in this, we were staying in the article that you read, um, there was you know he edited some things out but um I, we were in this really when we the first three months we we were there we were in this really amazing house with this beautiful kitchen mm. and like so like the first three months were like enchanted yeah, we were, we yeah. Were, this is insane that we we're like in this beautiful uh this beautiful home yeah and yeah and even yeah. like the hotel wasn't it wasn't terrible it was just like you know, the last yeah. months we were there, we're like, okay, so we have this, uh, uh, <laughs> we had this like mini fridge and we bought a, um, what's that called? Damn. what, what What's the thing that everybody uses now to cook the, the pot? Like a hot pad, like a hot, the, no, the instant pot, you know? Oh, I don't know about that. Okay. So it's like a,
0: apparently not everyone uses it. <laughs>
1: <Roberta>. <laughs> everyone who probably lives in New York.
0: <laughs> who yeah. Happen? Yeah. It's true. It's true.
1: I got a proper kitchen now. So <laughs> But, um, it was interesting, but it was, um, it didn't really hit us a lot. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I should say you're, you're in the process of releasing a new record far in, you've got three signal uh, signals, you got three singles out and, um, that record far in you were making, did you make, you made that in New York after you got back?
1: no it was a long process it was kind of like you know how it goes it's one of those things where you have like seeds from another lifetime yeah. that keep growing but grow slow and um, yeah and a lot of the songs started when I was finishing my last record this is how you smile literally happened while I was making this is how you smile while I was finishing it I was like man I can't wait to not work on this record anymore. <laughs> and within, with like while I was finishing the record, I was like, I'm just going to write a bunch of new songs right now. Cause I don't even want to finish this. And so I wrote like yes. five songs. And then I was like, I was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. I need to finish this record now. Finish. Finishing is so hard, man. And this is a story I always
0: tell. Um, but it's ba- basically what I do is it takes so long to finish something and you have to, suppress all your new energies that are coming through because you're still cultivating like those those other seeds that are now full grown plants but like they're but you know you, they're not totally finished growing but you have all these other seeds you want to plant so you it's like you have to have so much discipline not to like go out and start planting other seeds and giving them the giving them the water you know what i mean that that you need to plant you know You got to wait. You got to wait. And it's like so, so I'm pretty disciplined about it um, now. And what I, but what I do, the way I get around it is that when I finish a big project, that's when I let myself just create with no like goal in mind, no deadlines. And I let myself start a new thing every day because I love the feeling of starting something new. For me, that's like the most exhilarating thing is just like sitting down and beginning. It's like it's completely it's there's such an there's there's nothing like that feeling. Absolutely. And even even on the second day, it's so exciting to go to back to something and then like, yeah, build on it. That's but that's a different feeling. So And once you start that process, you can never start, you can never get new again. And so what I do is I like take all that pent up creative energy and every single day for as long as I want to, I let myself start something new. I don't pull up the project from the previous day, nothing. I just like for 10, 20 days straight, I'll just do something new. And that's, that's my reward for like having (laughs) the patience to like, to not do what you just (laughs) described that you did.
1: (laughs) Um, Same here. No, but I, so, I do that. I do that a lot too. I, mean, I think I do that. And I got into such the, the habit of doing that, what you're talking about, where I couldn't name, I just name things the day in the year. Yeah. So it's like yeah. I have months and days yeah. and years. Yeah, that are just.
0: I started using next, like just next one, next two, next three, next four. That's how I started the tomorrow's records. Um, and the literally the day after I turned in brighter wounds, um, I started tomorrow's, uh, and I I got like ten or twelve um, days in, and so that like within within two weeks I had um, you know twelve starts. <laughs> so <laughs> do you go through that process? Like, okay, this one. And I don't mean like concept album versus whatever, but I just
1: mean like, do you feel that pressure to do something new? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's like buried in like the, um, like that, that early, uh, foundation of curiosity, you know, I'm like, it's hard to kind of like polish that again when you were like super young and super naive in terms of like how to make something. And it felt like everything you did was new. You're like, what i can't believe you feel like you just discovered something that nobody else knew about until you learned or till you meet other (laughs) artists you know and i think that like is a thing i always try to find you know that that time that you discovered something that you felt like you you invented overdubbing at least i you know what i mean like you're yeah (laughs) like that something like that i feel like is so um it's so like invigorating you know and i think that for me that's i know there's like a more complex level to that now like we're it's not just about something like that. It's like a cumulative processes, processes, a part of processes and, and, and and ideas and techniques and stuff like that. But I think the thing that I've, I've really opened myself up to the most to get to that place now is letting go and trusting the people I work with more Um, and Mm. allowing them to kind of reveal a world that like, I'm not even seeing in front of me and trusting that like, like, letting go of whatever like I think is the way I think my idea should be and letting, uh, yeah. The outside influences kind of get in there. And then all of a sudden it's like, I feel like I found what I was looking for, like with what you're describing, like looking, mm. looking for something new, looking for a way to try to, um, do something new.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I can, I can absolutely relate to that. Cause you know, like Sunlux, which is my you know primary project obviously began as a solo project. Um, you know, when I met Rafik and Ian, it was the first time that I felt I just was like immediately learning from from these guys. And, and I was like immediately changing as a musician, just like having yoked with them like for performance, you know, because at first it was, we were just creating, I was just, you know, putting together a live band, you know. Um, but then it was like immediately these guys were like, I could tell that there was this like oh i could see so much more of the horizon and so yeah i can i can kind of relate to that feeling you're having
1: i think i I was trying to get to like what you were saying and i think that's how i get when i feel like that now i'm i try to open myself up more and not feel so isolated and trying to like find that an answer to Mm. you know like i want to i feel like that's the answer (laughs) to a lot of Mm. problems and i think with music it's, it's helpful as much as like um we get so caught up in um at least i do i get caught up in what i think my how great my ideas might be and most of the time i'm, I'm kind of doing the same thing over and over again and i want to do something new and i think doing something new is is doing that so man so like how are you thinking about touring now
0: because i know you've you've been redesigning a life pace
1: yeah touring is strange right i don't know what do you guys yeah do? we're not i mean we're i'm not gonna <sighs> It's, you know, the strangest thing is, and I think it's the most exciting thing about this is like every record previous to this, um, everything has been like, you got to have a tour. You're, you're like on the road. There's
0: so many assumptions. There's so many assumptions. It's like, this is the way it's done. You got to do this. This per- percentage of your time is this. And then this percentage of your time goes here. And then yeah. it's all like laid out for you. And this is what th- the label wants. And this is what, you know, and there's your a,
1: and you're already it. like, you know, there's so much pressure to just um, accomplish all of those expectations and, um, and, and you, yeah, it's all pre, it's all, almost feels like it's all built into all of it. And, um, it's been kind of awesome to not have to mm. be on the road immediately. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Hey, the album's hit. Yeah. And, um, so we're just playing one show <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in November, going to play a secret show in in, in October, in New York, but, um, most- wait, you
0: just said November. Is that, is that because you're, you said November at first, but then you said October. Is that because it's so secret that it's like potentially one think, month or the other?
1: <laughs> no, there, there's a show in November in Miami as the, oh, okay. as the um album release show, or, or that's what I'm yeah. calling it. And then something we're going to do in October. That's a little bit more low key, not really yeah. like a show per se, but I'll perform some songs. Um, and then next year, uh, I guess we're going to, we're, we're booking a tour we're yeah <laughs> it's
0: like hit like TB, tbd right <laughs> like for but like what reality is gonna you know allow i think the yeah we're in the, about, the same boat
1: like, everyone's like um everyone just like was excited to just book everything they could this fall <laughs> and then like there was nothing to be able to do this fall and then everyone's like canceling left and right now and um and i don't know where that leaves everybody but it, it's just a like, it's it all feels so confusing and, and i don't really know there's a lot to be said and it's hard to know yeah but but covid aside like i mean
0: which is hard to say cuz it it's you know it's a governing principle of life now but, or um factor of life but more on just like the spiritual uh, life practice tip um you know you've said that you want to do this record different differently that you know in the way that you create and and support it with touring and um yeah i'm just wondering if you if you feel like this is kind of like the new you um and if it's if you feel like you're still album cycle guy
1: or or if you're free from that you know what i'm saying i think i do i don't know what i I don't know i don't know what i am (laughs) at this point Mm -hmm. i think um i think the strangeness of this and the most exciting not the strange the exciting and interesting part is like up until this point in my career, I've, I've, um I've only been making, I mean, I've always been making everything just to make the things that I make. And then I've been lucky to have labels that have like supported it and put it out. And I think working with four AD, this is my first record with them. It's the first time I'm working like yeah. a whole different, like um ecosystem of like what, what that is. And yeah. After yeah. Releasing music for the past, like, I don't know how many years, not like 16 plus it's so strange because it's so, there's so much uh, nuance and depth and there's so many people working on things and it's, and it's really interesting. And so I, now I see <laughs> what I album cycle stuff is mm. where I wasn't really ever operating in it. Mm. Before. I was just kind of doing whatever the hell I wanted to and just releasing whenever I felt like releasing anything. And so yeah. something happened and then an album happened. And then I was like, cool, I'm just going to, put out these songs here. I don't know, I'm just gonna do these things. And they would just, there wasn't a lot of strategy or planning. I wasn't like, okay, here comes this video and we're gonna do this to do this. And and like, it was just like, cool, I have this thing done, let's do this, let's do this. And so um, now I see how much um, work and planning goes into so many uh, parts of, of, of sharing um, an album. And I think it's awesome because it, there's so much work that we put into making these records and kind of having like yeah. a counterpart yeah. to kind of uh, work on, like, have the energy to work on the, that aspect. And so, so for me to answer your question, I don't know that I've ever been an album cycle person, other than just when an album comes out, I tour it. But everything else, right? I, I've been on the yeah. road. I think I was on the road since 2014 until 2019. I don't think I'd stop. Mm yeah yeah on tour and so it was just like it was just always just like a flurry of things always happening and and nothing ever stopped and so now i'm entering this like world in a completely different way with with releasing records and i hope this relationship with this label with 4d is is long lasting because i i think it's cool to have like this this team you know and it's and yeah
0: yeah yeah it's
1: it's really exciting in that respect and that's awesome I could keep releasing for the rest of my life and and that I- was
0: gonna be my next question actually is uh you know like well, it's two questions, and it's a question i these are questions I ask myself um it's like a ten year it's the ten year question, which is did ten years ago am I doing something now that i ten years ago would be to what degree would I be thrilled to what degree would I be disappointed? <laughs> Um and then like the inverse or or the like a related question is ten years from now, knowing how fast ten years goes by, who do I wanna be? What do I want to be doing? You have any meditations on those things? Yeah, ten
1: ten years ago, I'm forty-one and um ten years ago I was working on or maybe put out my second L negative record and like um I remember thinking I was uh, at a point of reinvention to be honest Mm. I I didn't I I knew I wanted it to be different than what I thought it should have been um, or what I had Mm. made previous to that and I was confused Um, I I was confused in general I didn't know what was going on I had previously hadn't ever had experience with like working with like a label that would support me the way it did like with Asthmatic Kitty and like they were giving me like some financial support and like it was just like all new, and. I knew that I had the opportunity to have a platform to share my music and like I knew at that moment I wanted something to be different and I purposely made a, a, a record that was like void of like guitars and 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 instruments and I remember I I'd had this like weird philosophical moment where I was like I gotta, I sold all my equipment, I had been collecting like all this like really nice analog gear and shit and I was like I'm selling all this shit and I sold it all. And I was like, I'm just gonna start with like sine waves and square waves and triangle right and, I, and you're o p one right and then i that was the year I think I got an o p one the year yeah that two thousand and ten I was like very like set on this 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 feeling and looking back on that now it's kind of cool I'm glad i I went there and and I'm and I think ten just speaking about music, but as a, as a person, I think a lot has changed because I think i I really wanted to be a part of so many projects and be creatively involved with so many things that to, to be attached like that kind of growth. and um what I realized through that was um, it just wasn't possible. like i bur- I burnt out throughout that process and I had to like stop. I remember I remember I had to I was there was too much going on. and so, I'm I think if I was looking back or looking forward I would know um that I would be happy because I'm happy about making all these right decisions about like uh preserving and taking care of like and protecting my like time and energy now and like how to actually be a little bit more helpful and and useful if someone needs it and I think that's like going forward I want to like be more um, mindful of like how to uh like really slow down even more and like absorb the things that I can and like actually be a little bit more um you know not so much an authority in on things but just be less of like a a speculator on on so many things. And I think that 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 was like 10 years ago me was like so much like speculative like interest and like doing whatever I could. And now it's like we'll just dig in and like do a couple
0: That's cool. I was going to ask you if you'd, um, you talked about, you just talked about selling all your, uh, stuff at one point on the topic of reinvention. That's something that I've thought about for myself is, am I willing to abandon all my familiar tools, um, in search of, uh, some deeper creative potential that my familiarity is keeping hidden? Um, or my comfort is keeping my comfort with familiarity is keeping hidden. For example, I've always used the same DAW, you know, and I know people who like float around between DAWs and those people all say, oh, a Daw's a DAW, <laughs> of course, but, um, it's <laughs> a great bumper for, for yeah. <laughs> but for me, I like literally, I can't even like, I can't, I, I don't even know how to like record enable a track in Pro Tools, you know, like I'm just like completely, I'm such a one uh, Daw guy, um, and and I've been using the same Daw since I was 15 years old, um, and I'm you know 42. So it's crazy to think about moving to a different Daw, even just to something so simple like that. Even though in so many ways Daws are similar, but you know, like you get so adept at your tools, and you're making all these records, and you're pulling up the same plugins, and using this, you know, like pulling out the same like right. you know Juno or whatever it is. I don't know I'm just like you know riffing on this you know idea of like everything changing on a dime and then what do you do and what do you discover as a result you know which you know for both of us that's been a thing like everything changed on a dime fortunately for us we found ourselves in, in mostly favorable conditions um, thank God um, but you know and in and in that context we learned a lot about ourselves we were able to to reinvent, to change our way of thinking and to to pivot. Um, and I'm wondering if as a creative person who makes things, um, if you ever felt tempted to do that again, to sort of like get rid of all your stuff and try a whole new set of tools or, or have you been there, done that?
1: I do it. I do it often, actually. Oh yeah? Yeah, I do it a lot. I do it as a practice. I think I do it. Mm. I keep things that are... Like I have my MPC two thousand XL. I always keep it. I always have it ready to go. And I and I try not to buy many things. And I try not to download that many plugins. And I try not to um. I try not to buy too much shit. And I try yeah, to, yeah. um Whenever I hit a brick wall, I, I I have like exercises that I use like creative exercises mm, that help yeah. me get somewhere, but not. Not looking at a computer sometimes on a computer like sometimes on the npcs sometimes just i have i have these basics for sure but i use them as a way to um not as crutches and not as like familiarity but as as places to things to use for places i haven't been yet and um even silly things i remember i used to do this thing this is all like rudimentary i'll get with things but um like with this is like my guitar. I'll take my guitar and I'll just put a capo on the um, first fret. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to write five things with the capo on the first fret. And then the next day I'll put it on the second fret and I'm going to write five things. And then by the end of the week, you know, I'm like, Oh, cool. Like I actually, there's this one thing that I really liked when I went there Yeah. and and it's these moments. And so then I'll do the same thing with like my ARP odyssey. I've had this thing since I was like 19 or 20. (laughs) I'm like, cool. This thing has got a square wave you know like i'm just gonna open just a square wave and just yeah listen to the square wave wave and work with it and and these are all things that exist with what we're doing every single tool that we use has all these basics in it and so there's nothing just like how can you how can you assign yourself like these uh these exercises that are gonna like reshift your process yeah because it's like you could buy all this new stuff but it's like all the stuff it's all the same things that you already have. It's like, yeah. it's in a different format and it's just going to, but it's, yeah, it's an it's, easy
0: lie. I mean, it's an easy lie. If you feel stuck or you just feel, you know, you got your paycheck and like, you just like, feel like, okay, now I'm going to be able to make some, a great new beat. Cause I, cause I'm going to go buy this, like, you know, $69 plugin or something. And, you know, that may be true, but <laughs> it's uh but it certainly isn't the only uh, way to go about it. I'm actually like a, a I'm a minimalist, um, to to an extreme and it's actually something i've discovered about myself and it's something i want to change which is that um i have rather i've let a philosophy of minimalism become like a fetish
1: um
0: and so and i've always been proud of like the number of things that i could do with very little um but i've let i've gone overboard and i've let I've let myself be closed off to certain new tools that could expand my potential. Um, like just because, because I don't like, it's, it's like a pride, it's a, it's a prideful place really um, in, in my spirit. It's like me saying like, Oh, I don't need it. You know, it's like, well, that's one question. That's one way of thinking about it. But like, could, could it help you, you know, <laughs> never really entered my mind, you know? And so I'm actually like kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Um, a lot of people, You know, I think of me as an electronic musician. It's like, I've literally never owned a hardware synth. Um, I've never owned a... I'm a beat maker. I've never owned a heart. I've never owned an MPC or anything like it, you know? Um, I'm sitting in front of a a weighted action 88 controller that I recently got. I finally upgraded to a weighted action, even though I'm a pianist and have been playing (laughs) a piano for 35 years. Like, I've just, i just been such a deep... crazy minimalist. Um and one of the ways that I I'm trying to reinvent myself is um is to allow myself a more dignified creative environment. So like I've I've like been in the process of like making this room better because it's a temporary room for myself. something I'm renting. Now I'm in Indianapolis. I don't have my own place. But um I'm in the process of like making this got filled with plants, some good lighting, starting to like, you know, create a dignified place to work that like the, where I feel like it can have respect for my environment. Um, hey. and then, and like do things like buy a cool rug, you know? Um, <laughs> like it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like baby
1: steps. baby steps,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Baby steps. But honestly, for me, it's, it sounds silly, but it's a huge, it's like, it's actually a huge change in my, in my, like get crazy glasses. Like I'm wearing crazy glasses just cause like, what if I want to, what if I just want to f- wear crazy glasses one day, you know? And uh, that's kind of where great. I'm at.
1: They look great on you, by the way.
0: Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> um, well, we—I've eaten up a lot of your time. Um, I wanted to give you a chance to um, uh, I maybe to say share
1: some on that. Hold oh, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. are talking about in terms of, and I like that. I think that's amazing. I, there's so many. There's a lot of people I know that did or do what you what you've done in terms of like stick to a certain. Um, like ethos of like working and i think mm-hmm. um something that really clicked for me along not a long time ago but a few years ago was um uh i was so dead set like during that time 10 years ago i was so dead set that everything that i wanted to do could be done in my room in my studio at home mm-hmm. i didn't need mm-hmm. all these other things like kind of speaking to your like i, yep. I feel like we have that, that yep. in common and i was like there's no need for me to go anywhere else you know and um and i slowly learned how important creative spaces are and how important it was to have an actual creative space and how that was not not to kind of like you know like chime in i mean i want to want to drop this but really to be to reinvent yourself yeah is i going to studios like real studios that are these spaces made for what we do yeah purpose-built and um experience it with other people who can operate it in this like real like um this real like functional kind of like specialized specialized way yeah and um and it was amazing it was eye-opening i'm like wow this is really important actually like it's important to know that what you do at home is valid and for people who can't who don't have that access or privilege to like have access to those spaces, but for them to know that to not be so hardline about saying like those spaces aren't valid either. You know what I mean? Like some people on like one side say yeah. like these two things are like invalid or whatever. But I think yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yep. There's something about um, designating these creative spaces and and really harnessing them to be like this is my creative space and how it can actually grow more into not just um, uh, not just something that like feels like you're doing it to defy like what people right, have, have said, like, this is the way to do it, but it's more like, no, all these spaces are dope and like you can make some shit you've never made before, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah, yeah. that, yep. that blew my mind. Like I forgot, it was pretty early on. I went to some studios, but it wasn't like, I wasn't thinking about it like that when I went to these other studios, but there was something, there was a studio I went to in Atlanta and I was just like, damn, like, this is amazing. We're just like, there's just a flow and it doesn't even matter if we're making anything right now. It's just like, <laughs> this is, it, it felt like it, it felt like we were just really tapping in and yeah. that felt so important.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And I think we can do that with space, like temporal space as well, you know, time, space, uh, we can treat time sacred, uh, create windows of time. Also space, uh, like thought space can protect our thoughts and, and, and um, that's really hard as a dad for me. That's what, that's the thing I've felt. I've felt like has actually been the biggest challenge for me is, is like not constantly being divided and, and like occupying multiple spaces at once. Um, I bet. Yeah. It's, 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 it's basically, it's basically impossible. So it's a good challenge, you know? Going, um, and
1: going back to man one, one more thing, going back, I know we're like running short on time, but going no, back I, to, I the, mean, I'm, I'm cool. I, I I just want to respect your time, you know? Well, going back to the Marfa thing, the really interesting thing about Marfa was like, we would drive like 30 minutes or 20 minutes outside of Marfa. And then you have no reception and then you're like, well, we're going to this place that's an hour and a half away, so we're not going to have reception for the next like five hours. <laughs> so it's like, it would be like these kind of journeys where I think that was really special to understand that relationship with the person that you're with. Like for me, it was, mm. I was with Christy, and, and it was like, it was a really sp- cool time because of that. Because yeah. like all of our um, options yeah. of doing, I think, were, were, weren't even options. Yeah. It was like, no phone five hours to the nearest city to catch a flight there's no flights there's no rentals there's no there's no yeah. nothing there's no safety in
0: airbnbs and hotels
1: there's no money it's <laughs> there's just no like, money <laughs> it's just like, there's no shows there's no income it's, oh, it's just like well this is these are this is what's going on this is it and i think i think that's part of like a creative philosophy too it's like you put yourself in these spaces, whether they're minimal or not. And like all of a sudden you're presented with all these options and like you're, you're doing something and you're into it. And I think it kind of like bleeds into whatever you want to make or whatever you're open to making.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's actually kind of clarifying for me. It makes me realize that what I'm wanting to do in my life is not necessarily at all, get more tools or get more space or get more, um, even opportunity it's it's what I actually want to do is be more artful in all aspects of my life choosing with intention that I would normally and very intuitively bring to music choose you apply that same kind of intention and care to all the other stuff you know um and that's I was living a really divided and I still am but I my I realized about myself and my manager, Michael and his, actually his wife, you know, Liz helped me realize this, you know, like, um, they not even trying to just talking to them. It wasn't even, they were trying to like, you know, counsel me on it or anything, but I, but I, I had this realization. It was actually mostly with Liz who came by the studio to help me with something. And, uh, after she left, I had all these like epiphanies and I realized that I was really thinking differently, passionately differently about all these different aspects of my life. When really what I I should do is bring the same sort of care and focus and scrutiny and adoration that I bring to music. I should be doing that in every piece of my life. I don't need more pieces of my life. I don't need more things to do. I don't need more tools in the studio. But maybe I do need to think about my tools and think about my furniture and think about my you know, plants and my lighting, like with more, with the kind of like reverence in a way that I have for the, my craft making music. And like, and certainly I should be doing that more with respect to my family life, you know, like centering, like thinking of my family is not the thing that I experience after, you know, a day of making music. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, like the whole day is making art you know, mm-hmm. the whole day is making art. It's like, how can I be artful as a parent, as a husband? How can I be artful as like, like even if I'm at, at Lowe's, you know, like how can I be artful in like what and you know what I mean? Like, I was it Lowe's? I read,
1: Lowe's today. Yeah, and I, I man, I respect that a lot. It's like one thread for sure. This is a little tangential. Ten ten man, I can't say this word sometimes. <laughs> ten, tangential. Um That's right. But That's uh, good. I read there's, there's a really good writer that I, that I, um, I like, and, um, they wrote something that I really dug, which was, which was, like I said, it's a little tangential, but, it, uh, like treat everyone that you don't know as if they're having the worst day of their life. Mm. And I think, um, mm. I think it's like, kind of like, kind of like a, it's a feeling like you're, 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 you know, with everything that you're doing, you're, you're like, have more openness. And I guess it's, mm. empathy but, um, but yeah. I think that's like, that's something that's a thread that runs through like I think what you're talking about too. It's like you kind of like you gotta care about yourself. Yeah in an yeah. open way and care about like all the things that you got involved in your life in a way more open way and that's so like and that's hard. That's hard yeah. to manage. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing that I think it's easy to kind of memeify it. But I think some some folks don't realize that shit might take like 10 years until you're like, yeah. oh damn, <laughs> I feel like I actually have a grasp on like how to do this. And I feel like that for myself, going back to your 10 year question. Like, I feel like I'm in a place where I'm like way more understanding of like, uh, the things I'm doing every day than Mm. I was before. I was like Mm. way more divided. It was way more like this happens and then I'll do this, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 That impact. And, and, you know, that empathetic posture, um, Is like, if we can learn to be more empathetic toward others, then then, um, like I feel like that's a gateway to being kinder to ourselves as well. Um, And I think a lot of us have, you know, some people it's easier for them to be kind to themselves and other people easier to be kind to others. And it's not this, it's not one or the other a lot of times. Um, And actually one of the things that had happened, you know, as I thought about, as, as like right before I started having all these epiphanies is there was... A dear friend of mine was they were gonna come, two, two, two friends were gonna come here to Indianapolis to work on some music for like ten days. And my space, like walls were like puke yellow. I had like this white um drop ceiling, like a terrible lighting, like all this like old uh like acoustic stuff from Michael's basement. You know, everything was just everything was like I didn't have any extra chairs, like I got one from like one of them. I was like off the street or whatever. And, you know, and I had been so like, and I was like, Oh man, this is not a good, this is, this is no place to work all day long, like to create all day long for 10 days straight. And a few days later. And so I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do? And it was just originally why I asked Liz to come over. But then it was like, just to kind of help me think about what I could do. And it dawned on me right after she left is like, I was saying that this was not a good place to create for 10 days straight all day. And I had just spent 10 months all day, every day creating in this space. Wow. And it was just like, why was I, I know this is to be true. And it's something I intuitively thought about and applied to my friend, Nathan and Katie. Why didn't I have, why wasn't I kind enough and, have enough respect for my, just for myself. Like, why did it take s- thinking about other people seeing it and being here for me to like, be like, yo, like, no, this is terrible. Don't do this anymore. This is within your control to do something about. And, you know, I realized everything about this space that was really hard to, to that's really hard to come by if I tried to find it. Cheap rent. No, I don't even have any shared walls. I have, I, sh- I, ha- I have my own HVAC control. Uh, which as you know, with audio is like essential. You got to be able to control your own HVAC. I got no one above me. I got no one below me. I'm well positioned in the building where I'm not making any, like nobody, I can't hear anyone. They can't hear me. Those are like really hard things to find in a rental. And I have them. Meanwhile, I've been thinking for so long about all the things that I didn't like about this space. And you know what? All of those things were entirely within my control to do something about. All right. And then it was just like, boom. It was like, oh, I just had like, you know and so I, that's why like partly why I'm like in this I think reinvention is like like where I'm at right now um and why like this conversation is is a good time to have it and it's nice to I love that yeah and it's been and a that- good excuse to uh connect with you again too which is awesome
1: <laughs> you are blowing my mind right now because I think um I think Chrissy and I've had similar conversations initially when we got here and then our situation here is so great in comparison to Brooklyn and just great in general in mean, comparison, probably to anywhere. And, you know, I think initially you focus on all these things that you're just like unhappy with. We're right yeah. here. Yeah. And it's, and, right. And it's a funny thing how that can be such a, um, like default mode mm. and uh, with spaces. Yeah. That's and, exactly um, it. But now I feel great. And I feel amazing. I feel like this space is like the best space ever, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny, man. And I, and I, and I feel, I feel very similar. I'm like, my default mode was to have disdain for this place, this, and this, and even this like little moment of time, because I I really want to build my own studio. And like, rather than, rather than having a posture of like gratitude and recognizing this thing, like this particular moment in this particular space is a blessing i let my default mode be that it was like i was i let myself have disdain for a blessing
1: yeah
0: you know and and mm-hmm. i'm right so right now i'm like no i'm done with that i'm done with that shit i'm like and like where else am i doing that in life let's make sure like i don't do that anywhere else But i think
1: it's, I think it's also fair because i think i think the part of i think part of it is because you've we know so many um, possible outcomes at this point in our life, you know, <laughs> and mm. meaning that your possible thought process is like, I'm renting this space. I'm going to put time, money and energy into making it be my place. And then all of a sudden next week, the landlord's going to be like, <laughs> Hey, actually we sold the building. You're going to have to move out. In three weeks. <laughs> yeah, And you know, knock on wood, I'm sure that's not going to happen, but I think we've, I think it's like, something that you know.
0: Yeah. And it comes, I think it also comes with being a New Yorker for so long and being like living in Los Angeles for so long, being like a consummate, you know, renter and a, and a coast, you know, coastal person, like you just, you know, and like someone with the, with also with the, like, with all the default, like you were saying, the default modes, um, to just not settle and to like, don't, don't like, don't invest too much in this space because emotionally or otherwise, because your landlord could like come knocking, you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. But I've missed out. I feel like I missed out on um, some like really like wonderful energy. And I'm feeling positive about, about it though, because I feel like, well, better to have learned it, you know, when I have and to be doing something about it now than still not having learned it. So I'm, I'm, I am thankful for it, um, for the oh, experience
1: you're inspiring me right now. Cause I think there's like <laughs> more I can be doing now. So yeah. It's great. I love it. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Um, well, man, thanks for, uh, taking so much time and hanging out with me. This is so cool to do. Um, like these, this podcast series has been a very cool experience to like basically have a, ve- <laughs> you know, have an excuse to like reconnect with a lot of folks, um, or connect for the first time with a lot of folks. Um, so, I'm um, I'm just thankful that we've you know we've gotten together again. Um, Me too, man. Yeah, and uh, man, blessings to, uh, to you, um, and Christy in uh, in in Asheville, and uh, I guess we'll cross paths either there or somewhere else. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you're not you're not touring, but we will. So I think, um, you know, when we blow through, we'll have to connect for sure.
1: For sure, I'm sure we'll see each other sooner than later, man. And awesome. Likewise love to your family and all the beautiful things y'all are doing
0: thank you thank you man
1: thanks for having me I'm yeah honored. absolutely
0: absolutely roberto okay see you see buddy later man. later my favorite thing about this podcast has been uh being able to catch up with friends and um catalyze the conversations i might not otherwise have or maybe have been putting off and i just want to thank my friend Roberto Lang for joining me on this one. Head to eladonegro.com, that's H-E-L-A-D-O-N-E-G-R-O.com for more about his work and follow him in all the usual places. Plans We Make was created by me, Ryan Lott, Ian Chang, and Rafik Batia, and was produced and edited by Chris Jacobs. Special thanks to executive producers Michael Kaufman and Hannah Hauser for all their support. Be sure to subscribe to Plans We Make wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, guitarist Rafiq Batia will be taking the host duties and interviewing legendary guitarist Bill Frizzell, followed by drummer Ian Chang's conversation with musician and collaborator Shara Nova of My Brightest Diamond. I'm Ryan Lott. Thank you so much for listening.